0: Really, we all should face it. It's a fearful time to be a dad. And many dads are fearful. In the Bible, more than once, we all are told to take courage. And when you think about the command to take courage, it implies at least two things. First, that courage that we need is outside of us, hence we have to take it. And the second, the courage that we need is available to us. Also, hence we take it. What the Bible never asserts for fathers or for any other believer is that we should muster up our own courage. That we should somehow generate courage or that we should make courage for ourselves. As if courage somehow depends on us and not on our Lord God. Take courage. The Bible tells us to take courage again, to say it again, because the courage we all need is outside of us and the courage we all need is available to us. Dads, if your favorite meal is Set before you this afternoon, I think that would be lovely if it is. But if your favorite meal is set before you this afternoon or evening, take it. <laughs> take it with thanks. Know that it's outside of you, you didn't cook it. Take it because it's available to you, it's on the plate in front of you, presented to you in love and respect. The Bible is full of many true and instructive stories. And I want to take you to one true story that it tells us about a time when Jesus' friends needed to take courage. And they needed to know in the midst of what was scaring them that the courage they needed was outside of their efforts, and the courage they needed was available to them as they called out for it. We're going to go to Mark chapter 6, starting at verse 45, to see the details of this true story. Mark 6, starting at verse 45. Immediately he, that is Christ, made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now, when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. Then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now, about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were troubled. But immediately he talked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Then he went up into the boat to them, and the wind ceased. They were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled. That night, a combination of fear and sweat and sea of Galilee water was dripping off each of Jesus' men in the little boat. And they knew that what they needed wasn't inside the boat. (laughs) What they needed was help from outside of the boat. And they believed that there was courage for the need available to them outside of them. These men were acquainted with the Sea of Galilee and the threat of drowning that night to them wasn't a far-fetched theory. In fact, it was an imminent prospect. These men knew that burials at sea were looking likely. They were in a violent storm They were rowing for all they were worth for hours, and they were not making any progress whatsoever to the lights they saw afar off on the shoreline. Their great efforts were not getting them any closer to dry ground safety. Maybe there are some fathers listening to this message today, and you can relate. Day after day, you try your hardest. There's not a lazy bone in your bodies. You're rowing, rowing every single day to provide for your wife and children, to protect them, to lead them spiritually, to encourage them. And it's tough. The lights of the shore don't seem to be getting any closer, although it's not for lack of effort on your part. So we go back to the boys in the boat. Some of these gentlemen were fishermen, professional fishermen, and they knew the lake or the Sea of Galilee like the backs of their hands. They fished there every day. They knew where the shoals were. They knew where the fish were. They knew about the tides and the storms. They knew the Sea of Galilee like the back of their hands. They knew that this lake could be a Jekyll and Hyde in its mood, that quickly the winds could sweep down off the lowland mountains around the lake and whip the sea, because it was so shallow, into a fierce and dangerous body of water. These professional fishermen knew all too well that the Sea of Galilee had stolen many souls in death. There had been many casualties at sea, and they knew it. Again, to say it, these friends of Jesus had done their best. They had rowed and they had rowed and they had rowed, but they were getting nowhere. And on top of that, they were totally, utterly uh, uh, exhausted, depleted. The tantalizing lights of safety on the shore far off were just teasing them, and they didn't see how they could make it. It was a terrifying situation. You might say they knew they were going down with the ship. John 619 reports that these desperate and determined men had rowed three or four miles already. They had given it their best shot. They were anything but lazy. But maybe the same as some of us dads here this morning but the tanks of their strength and their effort and their smarts were almost empty they were running on fumes surely it had to be clear to them at that point in their plight that if in fact they were going to make it they need to help outside of them and They had a sense that that help outside of them was somehow going to be available to them. They hoped. And then the story goes on to say that in one of the watches of the night, we know later that's between 3 and 6 a.m., the rowing men saw on the distance something that they thought was a ghost. And they saw this figure walking on the breakers as if to use the breakers like a sidewalk. Hallucination? Eyes playing tricks on them? Something worse. Something that we might call the grim reaper coming to take their souls from them through drowning? Of course, the sight terrified them more. In their growing panic, they cried out to whatever or to whomever they were seeing. They cried out. The fact that they cried out tells us that they knew that whatever help there could be was outside of them, so they cried out for that help. And the fact that they cried out told them that their hopes were that whatever that thing or that person could do would be available help to them, not theory in some book. They cried out. Dad, this morning, have you been crying out? Maybe your best friend, your wife, doesn't know you've been crying out, driving to work in your car or... Staying a little up later a little at night, then she goes off to sleep. May you been crying out to God or just crying out at your lunch break at work? When you're alone and you can think about anything you can think about, have you been crying out because you're swimming as hard as you possibly can, and you think you may drown? The shore is no closer for all of your planning and your efforts. Have you been crying out? And then, if you have been crying out, to whom have you been crying? To what have you been crying? Guys, crying out has very little benefit if we only cry out to comparatively inadequate helpers like wealth, worldly counsel, friends in high places that are well-connected, government, the bottle, selfish pleasures. When we cry out to less than adequate helpers when we are afraid and need courage, it is like asking a masked man holding a loaded gun to our heads to give us peace. It isn't happening. And so that night, those men cried out. I think that some of them cried out to what they thought was a ghost. I think others of them cried out to who they knew to be their master. But nonetheless, they cried out. Verse 49. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost, and they cried out, for they all saw him and were troubled. Later in verse 50, the New King James Version that I am preaching from says, Be of good cheer, but the New American Standard Bible translates, Take courage. Jesus told the men to take courage. Those who cried out to a ghost, those who cried out to a master, they cried out because they sensed that the help they needed was outside of them and they hoped that the help they required was available to them. And then I love the story because it points out that Jesus, through the rain and the wind, through the desperation and the terror, through the evaporated energy and strength, and through the tanks being empty of hope, He did five things. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so the five things he did for those men needing courage, he will do dads for us as we cry out to Christ in our times of fear, apprehension. What did he do? Let's see all five and then we'll unpack them. First, they're all loving things. The first thing he did was he saw them. The second was that he came to them. The third was that he talked to them. The fourth was he got in with them. And the fifth was that he stopped the storm. Let's take these one at a time. He saw them. We see that in verses 46 to the first part of verse 48. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now, When evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. Watch now. Then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. The Savior saw their plight. He saw their danger. Even on a mountain and not on the water, Jesus saw his men on the water straining to save their own lives. Dad, Jesus sees your dangers too. From the right hand of the Father in heaven, Christ sees your danger. He sees your danger before you see it. He sees your danger while you're seeing it. And he sees the future dangers you're totally unaware of. Jesus still sees us Second, he came to them, verse 48b, he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. That's odd that he would have passed them by. A better rendering of the Greek here would be he desired to come alongside of them. He wanted to walk on the water right up to the side gunnels of their boat so they could get the courage they needed when inside the boat. And so he came to them. Dad, Jesus Christ, by the Holy Spirit which he saw come to us through the order of the Father after he ascended back to the right hand of his Father, the Holy Spirit who will never leave you nor forsake you, the Holy Spirit who's baptized and sealed you, who produces his fruit on the branches of your lives. Dad, that Holy Spirit comes to you when you call out to God for courage. The Spirit of God within you as a believer wells up in his control and power to give you his strength in exchange for your weakness. His hope in exchange for your despair. And he comes to us, dads, the Holy Spirit does. He wells up within us to provide this power and strength and insight through his word. The holy love letter that God saw to being written by the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, lives inside of you, dad, if you're saved. Never to be evicted. Never to be kicked out by your fear and despair. Never to be diminished in his willingness to help when you try to help yourself without him. And so Jesus, first he saw them, and daddy sees you. Second, he came to them, and daddy still comes to you in the person of the Holy Spirit to minister the word of God. And third, he talked to them. I love that, verse 50 the But immediately he talked with them and said to them, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Now, I don't know that he probably could say it as softly as I just read it because the wind is howling. It's like a gale force wind. <laughs> so maybe he said it like this, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Sorry, sweetheart. Sorry, sweetheart. He had to speak over the wind to be heard. I won't raise my voice again, I promise. He talked to them. Dads, I love it that Jesus talked to his men. Jesus talked to his men who needed courage. He didn't chide them, he didn't scold them, he talked to them. He gave them the facts that they needed. He talked to them. Dads, he's still talking to us. Sometimes I have to touch the page to see if the ink is still wet because the word of God is so pertinent and so immediately applicable in my life. Is the ink still wet? He talks to us. He walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. And you know, when Jesus talks to us, guys, when we read his word, when he talks to us, he doesn't talk to us audibly, I don't believe, because he talks to us much louder than that. He talks to us with impressions on our hearts that line up with what he's told us in his word. He says, be still and know that I am God. I want to talk with you. This morning, I want to talk with you this lunch hour. I want to talk with you before you go to bed. And so the Lord Jesus saw them, he still sees us. He came to them, he still comes to us. He talked to them, he still talks to us. And he got in with them. I love that. He got in the boat with them. Verse 51a. And then he went up into the boat to them. I love that. I love that. He got right over the gunwale, got right into the boat, sat down, no doubt, because it was being storm-tossed and pitched in the waves. He got in the boat with them. Dads, if you were afraid about anything, When you call out for Christ's courage that is outside of you and Christ's courage that is available to you, he gets into your situation in a way that you understand that he is. He's always in your situation, but when you cry out to him, you see how he is in your situation. He gets in the boat with you. What that means is that The Holy Spirit, who is always inside you as a believer, Dad, is better to be understood by you to be right in the life situation that scares you when you cry out to him for help. So if you want to sense that the Spirit of God is better in the boat of your scary situation, then the way you'll sense it better is if you cry out to the Lord for help. Home Depot used to say, um, D-Y-I, do it yourself. There's some things in life we ought to do for ourselves. There are other things that we must let Christ do for us, like getting courage. And so he got in with them. The last thing he did, of course, was he calmed the storm. The creator of the sea, the creator of the winds, the creator of the men Spent and exhausted through rowing. The creator of it all, Jesus Christ, calmed the storm. 51. And the wind ceased. (laughs) The wind stopped. That's the kind of Savior you have. That's the kind of Savior I have. Now you will call out to him about a storm and I will call out to him about a store, storm and sometimes he'll It He'll show you there was nothing to worry about. He'll show you the circumstances have become favorable. He'll change things and that's the kind of Lord he is. But you know, sometimes when we call out to him, just calm the storm, he strengthens and encourages those who go through the storm. He brings us through the storm and the waves keep blowing and pounding on our boat and the wind keeps howling and we still have adverse conditions and situations, but we are calmed on the inside because although he didn't calm the storm of our circumstances, he's calming the storm of our anxieties and our fears, giving us confidence in him. Whether it's a financial fear, whether it's a parenting fear, whether it's a marital fear, whether it's an employment fear, Whatever the fear might be, Dad, a wayward child, a prodigal child, wanting to have a baby with your wife and not being able to have whatever whatever it is, a sickness. Call out to him from your boat he's going to he's been seeing you he's going to come to you through his word he's going to talk to you through his word he's going to get in the boat with you so you sense the presence of the holy spirit in that situation and he is going to either settle and calm the storm literally of your circumstance or he's going to leave that storm raging and give you an inner strength and inner peace that only he can give as the wind howls which is more of the miracle i'll let you decide Calming the storm is a miracle, but so is calming my spirit when I'm in a storm and letting me go through the storm, right? That's a miracle. (laughs) Immediately, he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side to Bethsaida, while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. Then he saw them. Straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now, about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were troubled. But immediately he talked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Then He went up into the boat to them and the wind ceased and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled. Can we bow our heads in prayer, please? This message, of course, has been about taking courage and it's for everyone. But in closing with this prayer, I want to focus on the Father's. Brothers, I ask you individually, what are you scared of? God knows, but why don't you tell them right now? In the quietness of your heart, dads, could you call out for the courage from God that you need? Could you believe that the courage you need is both outside of your own smarts and strength? and yet available to you in the ministry of the Holy Spirit? Could you, in your silent time of prayer, reach out with the hand of faith and take the courage you need from the Lord right now? Lord, I don't know how you're going to do this, whether you're going to calm the storm or you're going to give me fortitude to go through it, but by the hand of faith, Lord, I reach out to take the courage that you offer to me and to obey you when you've told me and commanded me to take courage in you. While you're still praying, Dad, why don't you thank the Lord that he sees you? Thank him that he comes to you. Thank Him that He talks with you. Thank Him that He gets in with you. Thank Him that He calms you. Father, you have heard the prayers of your people. Send us to float along this week in the boat and circumstance you have given to each of us with courage. For we ask this for your glory. Amen.